0: A podcast one production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. On this episode, we're looking at the top hacks to feed your mood. And I know Adam, you're in the feeding business with the Man Shake. And Adam, you reward people who send you questions. And Becky sent us this one saying. Sometimes when I eat certain foods, my mood changes. And you went, beautiful, let's do an episode on it. And you're going to reward her. You're always doing giveaways at themanshake.com.au and also on your social pipes. Just look up The manshake, and you'll find Adam everywhere.
1: Good question though, isn't it? Yeah, great question. And we'll be sending her a lady shake, not manshake. We don't want to grow a moustache. So um, thank you so much for the question. And look, you know, most people I deal with these days suffer from some type of mental illness um, at some stage of their life. Um, It's a statistic which unfortunately, it's all too true. Um, Like everyone else, I have good days and bad days. But what I do do is I remind myself that it's only a bad day, not a bad life. Um, So it's very important that we always be mindful of of the uh, opportunities we're granted every single day and show an attitude of gratitude. But realising also that it's not always the circumstances that shape our lives, but the chemistry in our bodies, which is determined by the food, um, a lot of people don't realise the impact that what they're putting in their mouth has on not only their physical state but their emotional and mental state, mm. and that's where food is so so powerful. It's a drug, um, you know. It, it determines the makeup of our brains, and you know our brains um, lead to thoughts. And these thoughts then lead to actions and uh, that leads to our moods. So, you know, if you're eating the wrong food, you're going to feel a little bit lethargic, you're going to get a sugar crash and then all of a sudden you're not going to feel like you can move or you're not motivated, so therefore you're then going to feel depressed. So so understanding how to use food to manage the the chemistry um, between your ears will make you feel better. Um, You need to eat for brain health um, and it's going to certainly have a positive effect. It's going to make you feel more motivated, energised and smarter and um, some people suffer from brain fog, um, which is a condition where you feel really foggy. Um, so picking the right foods is going to have a huge impact on that. And, Adam, I know you said
0: it a few times Food is also like messaging. Is that what you said before? It's almost like it tells your body what to do.
1: Food is information. And, information, and, that's yeah, it. Yeah, and when you have a look at, you know, the chemistry in our brains, you know, our brain's like a big electrical circuit and there's like octopus tentacles in your brain. You think about how how everything, you know, connects is it's just these little electrical currents and food disrupts them electrical currents and, and, and it also lights up different parts of the brain and the reward centers of the brain and whatnot. But when you have a look at what affects our mood the most, it's neurotransmitters. Now, these... Um, Little neurotransmitters, as such. The most popular one is serotonin. So, um, you know, about 80% of that actually lies in your gut. So, we'll get to that hack in a minute. But, um, you know, it's the thing that really keeps your mood in control. It affects your appetite, it affects your sleep, your memory, um, your ability to learn new things. So, serotonin is so important, this neurotransmitter, and it's very much linked to depression. Um, You know, a new study from the University of Cambridge um, found that, you know, when your serotonin levels are are, are low, your aggression goes up, your anger grows goes up, um, and depression skyrockets. Um, interestingly, um, McGill University in Canada showed that women actually produce 52% less serotonin than men. So this might explain why there's a higher rate of depression amongst women. So we're going to take a deep dive into some of the hacks that will increase serotonin production. The other really um, popular neurotransmitter which has a big impact on your mood is dopamine. And that that's the motivational neurotransmitter. And that's the thing that used to provide incentive for our ancestors to get up off their backside and go out and hunt and gather food, to go out in the cold and, and really struggle and, you know, it was the thing that really, you know, kept them going as such. So um, if you don't feel like, you know, um, motivated or you don't feel too much pleasure, you might be a little bit deficient in, um, in dopamine. Uh, a study in the Journal of Neuroscience links dopamine to your willingness to learn, to work hard um, and basically to engage in new activities. So people um, with low Dopamine levels have been found to be a lot less active. So therefore, they're more um, prone to putting on weight. And we now know that when you put on weight as well, this increases the feeling of feeling blue and depressed as well. So if you can really fire up your dopamine levels um, by eating certain foods, you know, you'll be much better off as well. Um, There's other, you know, neurotransmitter like um, acetylcholine, um, GABA, um, glutamate, you know, these are other things that are really important to your mood. And the great news is, is that, you know, on the end of your fork, you can really boost the efficiency and the production of these neurotransmitters as well.
0: And that first hack is go Mediterranean. I like this one. Tell me
1: about it. Yeah, look, um, a recent study um, was known as the SMILES trial. Um, researchers split nearly 70 people um, and all these people were diagnosed with depression and they were all on poor diets. Um, so what they did is they broke them up into two groups. They put one group um, on a Mediterranean-style diet, um, which was rich in vegetables, olive oils, nuts, lean meats, dairy, eggs. It was a real Mediterranean-style diet versus the group that were eating the sad diet, the standard American diet, um, which is the food pyramid-based diet. And what they found was um, that the the level of depression in the group that went on this Mediterranean diet basically become void. It was gone. You're right. They wiped it away. You're so right. it was just absolutely incredible that, um, you know, Diet could have such a big impact on people's mood. Whereas the SAD diet, what they found was once again, there was no improvement in their mood, Um, even though they tried some other therapies around it. They found that the diet really underpinned the effectiveness of these other therapies as well, whether it was exercise, whether it was getting out into nature or whatnot. They found that the real key to improving people's mood was going on this Mediterranean style type of diet. Now, you're probably going to ask yourself why, and we'll dive into that as well, but there's a lot of nutrients that your brain needs to be able to produce these neurotransmitters. That's why I spoke about the neurotransmitters at the start of the podcast, to educate people on, you know, what really drives the chemistry of the brain. Well, it's the neurotransmitters. But what drives the neurotransmitters? It's the nutrients in our diet.
0: Okay, that's really clear. So then the next hack applies to more of the food we're eating, which is breakfast beats the blues.
1: And I think it's very fitting that the study that I'm referring to 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 cite this hack is actually found in the Journal of Appetite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, um, from the study, what they found was people that didn't eat breakfast actually experienced more depressive symptoms than those that always ate breakfast. Yeah, which is really, really interesting. And um, you know, it doesn't prove as such that depressive symptoms were caused by the breakfast. However, it suggests the role that regularly eating breakfast will have on the mood. Now it makes common sense when you think about it because what happens is when you go into a state of deprivation and calorie restriction, your your brain doesn't have the nutrients that it requires to operate at its best. So therefore, these neurotransmitters, which we now know are so important for the health of our brains and our mood, are therefore not going to be optimized because our body doesn't have the nutrients it requires. So starting your day the right way with breakfast is very important, but not just eating any type of breakfast because we know that foods that are high in sugar, high in trans fats... And obviously, you know, high in preservatives and additives are going to have an ill effect on the brain. So it's powering the brain up with the right style of breakfast. So we'll dive into which foods are the best shortly, but making sure that you have a breakfast that's high in protein and high in fiber has been key to getting a positive correlation between a good mood and eating breakfast. The next hack is feed your gut, Adam. Yeah, look, the gut is the most, you know, important thing when it comes to a style of diet as far as I'm concerned. You know, a lot of people eat to lose weight, which is great. I personally eat for my health, and what I do, therefore, is focus on feeding my gut. So I go on a diet that is good for my gut, not just the, the gut on the appearance side of it yeah, or the, the outlook. the internal gut. The internal yeah, gut. Right. So I'm feeding my internal gut mm. and mainly my bacteria in my gut, which is my microbiome. So, so for people that have tuned into our podcasts um, in the past, there's some great hacks in previous episodes and on how to build a healthy gut and yeah. um, the like. and What I want you to do is take on them them hacks and learn how to eat and how to exercise as well to feed your gut because we now know that high-intensity short interval-based training actually changes your gut microbiome and feeds your good gut bacteria and they become more abundant. So eating things that we've touched upon before, but fermented foods are a really big go-to for me as far as feeding your gut. So um, things like um, sauerkraut, kimchi, um, we know yogurt, particularly Greek yogurt, going back to that Mediterranean style of, of eating, are very, very good for you. Um, they will keep your gut bacteria in check. Research has also shown that people that took a probiotic um, seen some improvement in their mood as well. Um, people that focused on eating prebiotic rich foods. so these are the fertiliser that allow your probiotic environment to thrive. So things like onion, garlic, um, asparagus, leafy greens, these are really you know foods that are great in prebiotics. Um, and resistant starches which feed the gut, Um, doing the hacks which we spoke about before around some carbohydrates which is allowing your potatoes and your rices and your starches to cool for 12 hours after you've cooked them and then reheat them and then eat them after that. That builds up the resistant starch which is great for your gut bacteria. So, you know, doing things that feed your gut and staying away from things we know that destroy your gut like antibiotics. Alcohol can be hard on your gut as well. Um, Sugar is really bad for your gut health. Um, so avoiding a lot of these foods that are bad for your gut are just as important. Um, anti-inflammatories are another one. Um, Ibuprofen, which a lot of people take uh, for headaches and stuff like that. So avoiding them foods is really, really important. So, yeah, if you get your gut in check, check um, you're really going to experience a better mood. Why? Because 80% of your serotonin, which we spoke about before, the neurotransmitter, which is so important to mood, is produced mm. in your gut.
0: That's amazing.
1: It's incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you think about it, how can you be happy if your gut's not happy? Yeah. It's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So when you're going on any well, style diet. Well, you literally diet, have no brain left because no your left. gut hasn't been producing it. <laughs> yeah. So when you're going on any type of diet, ask yourself, am I feeding my gut? Yeah. You know, because that will also help with weight loss. We, we, we speak about weight loss a lot um, and that's people's sole focus. But the problem is when you eliminate certain food groups, you're not giving your guts the nutrients they need to thrive. And if you're not giving them the nutrients they need to thrive, your brain then and your mood is going to be affected. So avoiding, you know, Total Food Groups is a no-no, as far as I'm concerned. We'll get into why you shouldn't avoid carbohydrates for your mood shortly and the impact that has on your mood as well, but it also has an impact on your gut health. Because if you think about it, you know, if you go on a carnivore style of diet where you're only eating meat, well, you're not getting the fibrous content that your gut needs to thrive for the prebiotics. Yeah. You know, if you're eliminating, you know, dairy from your diet, there's a good chance you're not getting enough of, you know, the, the bacteria from yogurts. Um, if you're too scared to try a variety of foods and eat a very narrow Um, channel of foods, well, you're not getting the diversity in your gut microbiome that it needs to thrive because we know the more diversity you have in your gut microbiome, the healthier you are. So, you know, you need to have diversity in your diet. It's very important. So going on an extreme diet simply just to lose weight and you know, look good for Instagram is really going to affect your mood in the long run.
0: The good thing is all of these things are actually really available now. I mean, a time gone by where you couldn't find kefir in the supermarket or sauerkraut without going to like a German specialist supermarket, but now you can get it from any health food store, which really will help your gut health. You did mention carbs. Let's jump to it. It's the next hack along on this on improving your mood. But you're saying don't banish the carbs. Now, I want to pull you up here because we've spoken a lot about having not too much of a carb-heavy diet and how that can give you brain fog and all those things. So this seems contradictive to me. What's this hack about?
1: Well, it's not contradictory because what are we always saying? Moderation and variation. So the problem with a lot of people is, is that Unfortunately with the sad diet in, in in our society today which is driven by the false beliefs around what the food pyramid should look like for a number of years off the back of dr. Ansel Keys and we now know that that's been disproven um, and the fact that a lot of his uh, I suppose evidence-based science that he used was um, somewhat uh, misleading so we now know that the food pyramid isn't the food pyramid, we should be following, um, but it should be one that's more balanced. So it shouldn't be one that's, you know, underpinned by heavily carbohydrate-based diet where on average, you know, m- most people are now consuming 400 grams of carbohydrates, um, which is a lot of carbohydrates. If you don't know what 400 grams looks like, well, right. it, it's a bloody lot of carbohydrates. So it's it's bowls and bowls of cereal, breads and whatnot, and without going in conspiracy theories, it really serves – You know, a particular industry, which was the grain industry, very well to to tell people they should be eating these foods. But unfortunately, um, they probably didn't realize the negative effects this was going to have on our health. Hence, why we have an explosion of type 2 diabetes. We moved away from, you know, foods that were high in fat and we demonized them and we moved to low fat foods and introduced, you know, foods that were more higher in carbohydrates. And why carbohydrates are so important, Alex, um, when it comes to brain health, is it's all about the amino acid tryptophan. Now, um, Tryptophan's a non-essential amino acid, but um, the thing is as tryptophan enters the brain, you then get the production of more serotonin because without tryptophan, you cannot get serotonin synthesised in the brain. Mm. Um, And with with tryptophan and serotonin, we know what happens. The mood tends to improve because serotonin is a mood regulator. So um, it's made naturally in the brain, serotonin, from tryptophan. So what comes first, the chicken or the egg? So the, the problem is, is when people go on these diets where they eliminate carbohydrates, yeah. what happens is tryptophan then gets squeezed out for these other amino acids. So it's very, very important that we get the balance right. So um, foods that are fought to increase serotonin you know, in the brain, um, apart from carbohydrates, include fish and particularly foods that are high in vitamin D, which are mushrooms, And and other foods, so um, it's really, really important that um, you know, if you're eating a diet, for example, that's a ketogenic diet, be very mindful of the fact that um, these protein-rich foods, um, which have other amino acids, will be more effective at passing the blood-brain barrier and getting into the brain than foods that are higher in carbohydrates that have the tryptophan. So you just need to eat more carbohydrates. Yeah, but if if you're not, not, the tryptophan isn't going to get through it's going to get squeezed out by the protein. So it's really, really important though to make smart choices with them carbohydrates because carbs aren't carbs, as we know.
0: That's what I was going to ask, right? Because I think that's what can happen. You and I have spoken before about on other podcasts about, you know, limit the amount of carbs that you're having, but then people go, ah, cut them all out, I'll lose hips of weight, which kind of does work for a while, but it's going to have longer term bad effects, right? So consider can see what we've got a gut health good to build serotonin in the gut, which then tryptophan comes in and then grows that in the brain. So we need a little bit of carb. What carb is that? And how much should we have?
1: Yeah, so I always always like to go back to to you know carbs that that are really, you know, pulled from the ground um and you know grow naturally. So rather than processed carbohydrates like your cereals, um you know your breads and stuff like that, move towards more vegetable starch based vegetables like your sweet potato. Um and if you you know like white potato fine, you know. Um, As we always say, find a good sidekick for your your potato, put some protein with it to slow down the blood sugar response you're going to get from that. Um, Beans are are another great option for a lot of people. Yes, there are people that are going to struggle with legumes and beans, but, um, you know, beans are a really good option as well. We know, you know, from the Mediterranean-style form of eating for your mood that um, they've been proven to really boost your mood. So I like beans. Um, Other things, fruit. You know, people demonise fruit, but, you know, we'll touch upon some of the, the, the superfoods. Um, that feed our brain effectively, um, and, and one of them, you know, is blueberries. You know, blueberries are one of the, the best types of fruit that you can actually eat for your um, your brain health. Now, the reason that um, you know blueberries are so good is because they're high in antioxidants, and they have so many brain boosting benefits. They're, the the main benefit we get from blueberries is from flavonoids. You know, they help regulate your mood, they they um, improve um, your brain's aging capacity as well. And a lot of people believe a lot of the bang of your buck from eating blueberries comes from the anti inflammatory part of them. So, we know that most disease is caused by inflammation. Yeah. And blueberries have a really good effect at dampening down inflammation, which helps with brain health. So, you know, if you're eating a highly inflammatory diet, um, it's going to affect your brain negatively. So, trying to find foods that are very you know, anti-inflammatory base. So turmeric's another great one as well. So spicing up, you know, some meals by adding some turmeric too. Yeah, turmeric
0: lattes are good too. There you go. They're great yeah. for brain health and yeah. for
1: your mood. So, so anything that decreases inflammation is going to be good for your brain health. We, we, we touched upon it before, but the Mediterranean diet, you know, you look at it, um, you know, it's high in omega-free fats, mm. um, which are great for inflammation. So hence, you know, we think that a lot of the benefits from blueberries as far as mood goes is dampening inflammation.
0: And also the irony is there is that people think the you know, the Europeans drink a lot of coffee, but milk is quite inflammatory, right? So again you want to have a good balance of it because they don't drink big tall lattes. They're having little shots of coffee with a little bit of milk in it. And that's where we need to kind of pare the things back a bit and reduce it. Is that
1: right? Yeah, look, you've just got to find what works for you. And and that's the interesting thing. Some people are going to struggle with dairy, then other people are really going to thrive on dairy. You know, there's so many great benefits around dairy. And, you know, we know that, um, you know, the right types of dairy, and you know, like oils aren't oils, you know, and, and that's the problem, you know. Um, unfortunately, if you're gulping down light litres of dairy every single day, skim milk, and you know, if you're if you're having ice cream, and you know, all these things that aren't great for you, you well, you know, you're going to become intolerant to a lot of these foods. You know, I always say that, you know, a lot of the the the, the intolerances in our in our bodies at the moment, in present society, are a result of overindulgence. All of a sudden, it becomes trendy to go to cafes. Before that, our ancestors and our and our parents didn't sit around all day drinking six lattes. Yeah. You know, they weren't drinking the quantity of dairy that we are now. So if we go back to, you know, how our grandparents ate and, you know, include these foods um, in our diets in moderation, I know it's a boring term, but um, it's, it's the way to go. Not overindulging in any type of food and excluding any one food group, 100%, I think is very dangerous. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall.
0: And on the next hack, you're saying yes to chocolate, which is
1: a very exciting hack, mate. Yes, finally science has caught up with what we already knew, that's chocolate makes us happy. So uh, in a study done at Nestle of all places <laughs> in Switzerland, they found that um, eating 40 grams of dark chocolate, now that's yeah, the catch, not dark. milk chocolate because it's high in sugar, um, dark chocolate because um, it obviously contains a lot of the flavonoids and the... Uh, the nutrients um, that are really conducive to good brain health. Um, But more importantly, what it did um, was reduce the level of cortisol and other stress hormones um, in people, um, particularly those that were highly stressed. So they found that dark chocolate really curtails stress, which is really interesting in itself. So um, um, go ahead, indulge um, a little bit, but not too much, um particularly if you're trying to lose weight, um, you know, before you know it, you can eat a whole block if you're not careful. But I always try to go for the darker varieties while well, you know, the more um, percentage of dark chocolate, the less sugar that's going to have in it. Um, I've built my taste up now to nearly eating 100%. Really? Yeah, and um, I really like the bitterness of it. And, yeah, um, okay. You know, whereas I was a milk chocolate person until I realized that uh, there was a lot of benefit in dark chocolate and I could eat chocolate without feeling guilty. So I switched to uh, dark chocolate.
0: And you talk about taking baby steps to gear up to getting a goal. You did that with chocolate. Chocolate. Start at the 50%, <laughs> 60, 70. Now you're at 100. Now at 100. You. The next hack is go for the ocean when we're talking about improving our mood. How does this work?
1: Yeah, look, um, you know, Science has shown that it's, it's the omega-3s in particular in the seafood that um, have huge benefit to our moods. Um, and the reason for this is, uh, you know, our bodies don't produce um, omega-3s and they're very important to um, our brain health um, and specifically dopamine and serotonin. So um, in one random um, control study, uh, medical students who took omega-3 supplements before an exam reduced their anxiety symptoms by as much as 20%. Yeah, wow. So that that's huge. Big so. number. Big number. So if you're somebody out there that suffers from stress and anxiety and always worrying, um, maybe you need to boost your diet with more uh, seafood. Uh, my favourite go-to's are obviously salmon. I love salmon. Uh, a lot of people get hung up on you know farm salmon versus you know wild caught salmon. Um, the cheapest way to eat salmon uh, really is buying it in the tin. Yeah. Um, and you know wild caught salmon's pretty easy to get then because you know they they snap freeze it as soon as they catch it. Um, whenever you see Atlantic salmon written on, um, something, well, you know, it's been farmed essentially. Um, whereas Alaskan salmon, it it comes from, um, you know, the deep waters of, of Alaska and it's wild caught. Um, but you know, farm salmon's, you know, fine, you know, it's, it's not bad for you as such. Um, it's actually, um, higher in fat. Um, omega fat, but the problem is it's a little bit higher in omega sixes, which are the inflammatory type of, of fats. So it's finding that you know balance in your diet, and um, you know it's not something you'd eat every single day. But there's other great options too around seafood as well. Um, we know that um, you know some of the other foods that have been really found to help with uh, mental health are, are things like clams, uh, mussels, sardines are a great one. Might not be great for your breath, um, but I've really now taken a liking to sardines. Um, mackerel's a, another great fish as well. Um, so there's some great fish out there that really boost your mood, and it's mainly because of the omega-3s that they do this.
0: We've gone from the ocean to your next hack, which is going to green. So I, this carnival is linking, I'm guessing, back to the start, which is a Mediterranean diet. Going green, mate, what does that mean?
1: Um, yeah, getting as many dark, leafy greens on your plate as possible. Um, we know, you know, our parents always say, eat your greens, and, you know, they, they're very good for your health. Do you say it now as a parent? I, I do. My daughter luckily, likes to eat trees. She thinks broccoli's trees, so like a dinosaur. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, but it's about tricking our kids. You know, one of the hacks in the past episodes was, you know, putting putting your your foods that you want your kids to eat on a plate um, of something that they like. My little girl likes frozen. So, um, you know, I try to put the, the vegetables on the frozen plate and, you know, obviously make them look more appetizing because she then relates subconsciously the joy that she experiences through frozen to the vegetable. So there's that positive correlation between the vegetables and frozen. So I've been able to um, piggyback on the back of Disney for the good rather than for evil, as we've seen, you know, over the years. There's a little hack for you as a parent. If, you, if you're trying to get your kids to eat more healthy. Put
0: on a frozen plate. Put on a, a, yeah. a
1: Disney plate of some yeah, yeah. sort to allow them Whatever to they're back, into, yeah. Whatever they're into. But, um, you know, There's several reasons why greens are so important. Obviously, the first one is magnesium. Um, We know, you know, from past podcasts that 90% of people are are supposedly deficient in magnesium. It's responsible for over 300 bodily um, functions, Um, but it helps reduce anxiety. That's one of the main things that it actually does. Um, Spinach, um, Swiss chard, um, kale. Would you believe Romanian lettuce? Just the the basic boring old lettuce is one of the powerhouses for moods. Um, so, you know, trying to, to get something green on your plate is very important. Um, the the other thing that it's important for also is, is vitamin B, um, folate. You know, there's a huge connection now between low levels of uh, folate and depression. Research showed in the Journal of uh, Psychiatric Research in 2017 that uh, people that um, had depression also had low levels of um, folate in their diets compared to people that... We're not depressed. So they're still not sure what the deficiency um, is yet um, and what's causing it. Um, But there's a feeling that it could impair serotonin and dopamine production. So that's the feeling, you know. As I always say, food is information and our bodies use the nutrients in food to actually make connections and to rebuild and and to, um, you know, fuel the growth of of, of things in our bodies. And if you don't have enough folate for whatever reason, that seems to impair the production of serotonin and dopamine. So making sure you're getting plenty of green stuff in your diet. Um, And look, you know, a lot of people use the excuse that they don't have time Throw it in a a blender, you know. Don't juice it, put it in a blender instead.
0: Put it with the hack before, with your ocean foods, right? Yeah. Make, Make a tuna salad or a salmon salad and you're good to go. You're good to go. And then one more hack you've got here to boosting your mood is put the B back into your mood.
1: Yeah, look, vitamin B is very important for, you know, the conversions of carbohydrate into energy and, you know, obviously a lot of people, you know, Think of of vitamin B as putting back the bounce in their step. With um, Barocca, there's a plug. We don't get paid for Barocca. But, you know, vitamin B has always been seen as a vitamin. That's been really um, integral to energy. B6 in particular really helps make neurotransmitter, once again, serotonin. You know, it's all coming back to serotonin, isn't it? But um, it's an integral building block for serotonin production. So you're going to feel low levels of energy normally when you are deficient in uh, vitamin B and B6. And as many as 50% of women uh, are said to be deficient in vitamin B6. So that's huge. So if you can go out and buy yourself a vitamin B supplement, I think you're really going to boost your mood on top of trying to eat foods that are high in vitamin B. So once again, you know, foods that are green generally are high in vitamin B6. So, you know, boost your mood by eating more green. And
0: Adam, on that B6, I remember actually you can get a B6 and a magnesium supplement that go together. So I love that combination to get those two hacks into one. So, is there a way? I know you're getting becoming a good cook. We can combine all of these hacks into the kitchen with a perfect
1: mood boosting meal. That's a great question. All right, here we go. Bit of a challenge. So, if I wanted to kill two birds with the one stone, being the health hacker, and I wanted to get lucky as well, I'd start the meal with oysters. Uh, <laughs> we know the the brain boosting benefits of, of oysters, so I'd go there. They're obviously um, you know high in zinc, um, which is really important for uh, our libido. It will help with sleep. And you know it's it'll boost our mood, so I'd start with um, some zinc, and then um, I'd make sure then we have a uh, a nice uh, big uh, leafy green salad with some avocado, some walnuts, um, some olive oil drizzled in olive oil, and then you know I'd go for a nice big piece of salmon, and then I would finish off um, with dessert, and the dessert would be chocolate covered blueberries, dark chocolate covered blueberries. And uh, a nice glass of red wine, which has got plenty of antioxidants. And uh, before you know it, you'll be bouncing off the walls in a great mood and hopefully get lucky later in the night from the from the, uh, the oysters.
0: That sounds like a really, <laughs> really good meal. <laughs> Adam, thanks so much for helping us boost our mood with this podcast. And of course, when you have questions for Adam, he wants to reward you with products from themanshake.com.au or on his social pipes. And we want to do these questions for you. So keep sending them through to Adam. He loves them. Mate, see you next time. See you next time. Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Written and presented by Adam McDougal, Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.